welcome back to the A to Z Animal Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Baratka, and of course, any little bird noises you may hear is my unofficial co-host, Pickle, my canary-winged parakeet. She is very cute, so I recommend checking her out on Instagram at PickleTheCanaryWing. Before we dive in, remember that you can find all my sources linked in the show notes and the transcript, which are available on our website, the A to Z Animal Podcast.com, under the Episodes tab. Resources to help this week's animal will also be linked there. Additionally, any ecology terminology that may be used often most likely can be found on our glossary page. I will be defining words that we may not encounter as often in an individual episode. If you have any feedback or recommendations for a letter, feel free to contact me at Mickey Barra or at A to Z Animal Pod on Twitter and Instagram. There is also a form you can fill out for animal suggestions on our website. Even if we've done that letter, still feel free to submit as hopefully we'll get the chance to circle back around. We started with A for I.I., our weird little lemur friend, followed by B for Binturong, the bear cat, and then C for Caracal or the desert lynx. After that, we discussed the long-overlooked dole, or Asiatic wild dog, and critically endangered European mink. Last week, we talked about my new favorite crocodilian, the Fosgarial. Today, we move on to letter G for Glaucus macaw. This episode is actually going to be different from previous episodes in that it may be extinct. Now, the IUCN Red List, which is really the authority on an animal's status in the wild, says it's critically endangered. But most sources say it's extinct. This is because the estimated population size in the wild is somewhere between 0 and 20. This means there is a very real possibility that these animals have vanished from the planet. There has been no reliable documentation of the animal since the 1960s. And in 1999, the World Parrot Trust sent Dr. Charles Munn, Carlos Yamashita, Richard Hartley, and Alfredo Bagazio to survey the bird's historic range. During their time in Brazil, the team was unable to find any parrots. This has led many scientists to believe they are extinct. However, following the publication of a series of papers in 2017, Butchart et al. calculated that there is a 0.425% chance the species is extant based on the records and surveys, and a 0.127% chance they are still alive based on threats. Because of this, the animal is classified as critically endangered, and possibly extinct. So while the other episodes have focused on what we can do to save that particular species, this episode will most likely focus on how we felled the Glaucus macaw and what we can do differently for other related and endangered species. Even if we did manage to find a breeding pair in the wild in an attempt to repopulate their historical range, the population would most likely not last long. Individuals would quickly become inbred, which most likely would result in some sort of nasty genetic mutations. When the abundance of a species is greatly reduced at such a rate before going back up again, this is said to be a population bottleneck. As a result, much genetic diversity that is critical for the species to adapt into the changing environment is lost. So if we did start trying to recover the Glaucus macaw, we might end up with some incredibly unhealthy individuals and the population really would not have the diversity needed to withstand the test of time. Again, as with most concepts covered on the show, population bottleneck is a little more complicated than what I just described, but that's the basic gist of it. And it is a real and documented phenomenon, as many other species that have come back from the brink of extinction now face serious drawbacks from the inbreeding that had to occur to save them. So, if we did magically find two breeding individuals willing to reproduce with each other, we have to first ask ourselves if saving these birds is worth the potential negative side effects of trying to repopulate the area. Okay, existential questions about what it means for an animal to be extinct or extant aside, 
let us move on to letter G for Glaucus macaw. As always, we start with the scientific name. This macaw's scientific name is Anderharynchus glaucus. Now, typically I explain the name of the genus, then the species, but seeing as the common name is the species name, let's start there. Glaucus comes from the Latin word glaucus, which itself was derived from the Greek word glaucus. I am most likely saying these words wrong. This word means gleaming or gray, and has often been used to describe pale colors. According to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, the first definition of glaucus is of being a pale yellow-green color or being a light bluish-gray or bluish-white color. While there aren't many modern-day photos of this animal, from illustrations and photos of deceased specimens, this bird appears to fit the second color category of being bluish-gray. Some illustrations seem to be more blue than others, while some show a gray body with blue wings. Either way, it is not hard to see that the bird was given the name Glaucus macaw for its coloration. Anderhynechus is the genus of blue macaws, including the Lear macaw, or indigo macaw, and the hyacinth macaw. I couldn't find a consistent etymology of this genus, but it seems to have something to do with the beak, maybe? I don't know. Real quick, before we move on, I feel like I should explain what makes a parrot a parrot, or what a macaw is. Like, there are so many categories within the parrot family alone, I think it would be helpful to quickly explain what some of these classifications mean. So, in all, the order Cytisiforms, or parrots, is made up of 398 species spanning 92 genera. Just a reminder from a few episodes ago, the order of categorization for living things is domain, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. So when someone talks about a parrot, we're really talking about the order that comprises all the parrots. If you're curious about the higher levels of categorization, the domain is eukarya or eukaryotes. If you don't know, a eukaryote is an organism whose nucleus is within a nuclear membrane. This domain includes pretty much everything we can see, and by that I mean most microorganisms are not eukarya, although there definitely are some. The kingdom animalia are animals, the phylum is chordata or animals with backbones, and the class is aves, which includes all birds. Within the cytocenes, there are three superfamilies. This is sort of the opposite of a subfamily, where there's a grouping of families together rather than splitting them apart. These superfamilies are Sicordia, or true parrots, Cacatoidea, or the cockatoos, and Strigopoidea, or the New Zealand parrots. And yes, New Zealand does get its own category because island biogeography is nuts, man. All these birds share these features a strong curved bill an upright stance, strong legs, and clawed zygodactyl feet. Zygodactyl feet refers to the orientation of the bird's toes. Two toes point forwards and two point backwards. This makes them able to grasp things and essentially function like little hands. They're also very handy for species that like to climb, like our beloved co-host, Pickle the Canary Wing. Not to mention, parrots are considered to be one of the most intelligent bird groups out there, along with corvids, such as ravens and magpies. Within these superfamilies, we get families of parrots, and that's where we get things like parakeets, lorikeets, lovebirds, and cockatiels, which are still parrots. And like I said, there's nearly 400 species of parrots out there, so I'm not going to sit here and list them all. As for both Pickle and the Glaucus macaw, they belong to the Sequoidae superfamily. Okay, so that's what makes a parrot a parrot, but what about a macaw? Well, there are six separate genera that are referred to as macaws. These are brightly colored New World parrots. 
Oh, a heads up. When an animal is referred to as New World, it means it's native to the Americas. This sort of grouping is also used with primates, referring to monkeys as being New World or Old World. I was going to make a joke about how this is a very Eurocentric way of looking at things, but technically Africa is the Old World, and humans come from Africa, therefore the Old World... So I guess it technically isn't? If that made any sense. Anyway, macaws are the brightly colored parrots that you think of when you say parrot. Those bright red ones? Scarlet macaws. The bright blue ones with the yellow around their faces? Hyacinth macaws. Blue wings with a yellow belly? The aptly named blue and yellow macaw. The big green parrots? Buffon's macaw, which is also known as the great green macaw. The red ones with the green wings? Green macaws. But while most macaws are very vibrant, from records it seems that our macaw is dull, at least by vibrant neotropical standards. I mentioned earlier that this bird is a dusty blue-gray color, and I'm guessing that you're picturing a macaw that is just that color. And you wouldn't be wrong, but just to make sure we're on the same page, let me give you a better description. The body is a pale turquoise blue, while the head is gray. Now, some of the illustrations have the head also being the same blue color, but it's hard to tell how accurate these images are. From the specimen photos I was able to confirm were Glaucus macaws, their heads are more gray, but not quite as gray as the recently reintroduced Spix macaw. These birds are typically 70 centimeters or 28 inches long. Much like other parrots, these guys have long bills and tails. Around their mandibles, or lower beak, they have half-moon yellow lappets. The lappet is the fleshy part around their beak. In some birds, these span most of the face, but they seem to be fairly small on this species. They also have these yellow lappets around their eyes. I know for scarlet macaws, these fleshy areas are used to help cool down the bird, as they don't have the ability to sweat to cool themselves down. Now, scarlet macaws have the lappets over much of their face, but I imagine they serve similar purposes for these birds as well. So, we may not have the best of luck of finding these guys in the wild, but where should we be looking for them? Well, I just mentioned that they are New World parrots, so obviously they're native to the Americas. In particular, these birds are native to South America, from northern Argentina through southern Paraguay. Additionally, they can be found in the Chaco and Llano regions of Bolivia near Santa Cruz de la Sierra and northeast Uruguay and Brazil. Predominantly, they were spotted along rivers, which... Makes sense, as people tend to travel these regions by boat. It can be assumed that they also live in the subtropical forests along said rivers. It is thought their diet primarily consisted of palm nuts, which would make them stay near the forest where palm trees are readily available. This would include palm savannas and lightly wooded areas. Now, these habitat descriptions are mostly assumptions, as they have not been reliably documented for the past 60 or so years, and we can only assume, based on the limited knowledge of the species, where they like to be. Other than palm nuts, they most likely also enjoy fruits that can be found nearby. This assumption is largely based on the diets of other parrot species, including our very own pickle who is currently munching on some fruits and veggies. We don't know a ton about how this animal behaves both during the year or during nesting season. Most likely, based on the behavior of closely related species, this bird is gregarious and nests on steep banks or maybe cliffs, potentially maybe even in tree cavities. It's thought that the average clutch is about two eggs. We do know that in captivity, individuals live just under 15 years, but would make it to 20 years in some cases. That being said, other large parrots typically live 50 to 80 years in the wild, so it can be assumed that this bird may as well. 
Potentially, because they have not been kept in zoos since the early 1900s, the standards of care were much lower, which may have led to the decreased lifespans in captivity. The last known living Glaucus macaw in captivity was at the Buenos Aires Zoological Gardens in 1936. Additionally, another living Glaucus macaw was at the Jardin de Acclimation in Paris from 1895 to 1905. I apologize for my butchering of all Spanish and French words. I took Latin in high school. I couldn't find any confirmed specimens housed at museums around the world, but it is known that skeletons of a few individuals were collected back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. So, what has caused these animals to decline? Well, there are a couple possible explanations. The two leading theories seem to be the removal of palm forests has eliminated their main food source, causing them to die off. The other leading theory is that capturing individuals for the pet trade has removed them from the wild, but they were not able to bounce back from this removal. The pet trade has caused numerous parrot species to become endangered, which is why many people now feel the bird trade should stop. The release of non-native parrots into North America also creates a solid argument against the bird trade. Now, before y'all come for me, know that Pickle is a rescue. I had, I have no idea how she ended up at a chain pet store, but she was clearly stressed out by the fact they had no idea how to care for such an animal. If you're gonna adopt a parrot, or any species of bird, make sure you do your research not only on the species, but on the breeder you are getting them from. Make sure the birds are not being removed from their natural habitat and they are following ethical breeding practices. This goes for other animals as well. Other possible reasons for decline include settlements along the riverbanks the birds once inhabited, removing vital habitat for the species, hunting for feathers or flesh, and potentially there was a disease outbreak and also predation. Now, predation alone would not cause the species to go extinct in most cases, but if the species was already facing other pressures causing the population to decline, natural predation may just have been the final tipping point. According to the IUCN, there are no active efforts to reintroduce them or save the remaining population, but their historic range is being included in international legislation and conservation efforts. The reason we don't have any conservation efforts actively going is because we don't necessarily have something to conserve. If there are living Glaucus macaws out there, we don't know where they are, and without at least one breeding pair in order to even think about reintroduction, and without knowing that there are any individuals whatsoever, we really can't do anything to save them. As a result, we're kind of helpless when it comes to saving them. We can try to restore their habitat, but there's no guarantee that they will return. In this case, all we can do is hope. But these macaws are not the only species of parrot that face these threats. With the removal of rainforests around the globe and increasing temperatures, we are seeing more and more species of parrot become at risk of extinction. While we may not be able to save the Glaucus macaw, that does not mean we cannot save other species. The good news is, there are so many organizations around the world that aim to help parrots. The World Parrot Trust and American Bird Conservancy both have projects aimed at helping a variety of species of birds, especially parrots, and are linked on our website. The National Aviary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania also does some amazing work, not only with educating the public about the amazing world of birds, but also towards their conservation. If you're ever in Pittsburgh, check them out. It's honestly one of my favorite places in the city. I have linked their current conservation projects and donation page on our website. There are some really cool programs for those who donate, like getting artwork made by a bird. I know that sounds impossible, but I have a painting made by a penguin. 
yes, I'm trying to figure out how to turn Pickle into the next big artist. Unfortunately, that's all I have. I know it's a fairly short episode, and I feel like I've hardly talked about the Glaucus McCall, but there's not a lot out there about them. I hope that you are as heartbroken over the possible loss of the species as I am, and will join me in trying to make sure this never happens to another bird species because of human mistakes again. Yes, things naturally go extinct, but we're fairly sure that this bird may be lost forever because of things humans did to destroy their habitats. One more thing that you can do to help protect these animals without having to donate a ton of money is to make sure any products you're buying are ethically sourced and don't contain palm oil. Palm oil is in so many products and in order for them to get that oil, we must remove palm trees from the environment. As a result, many tropical and subtropical habitats around the world are being lost. This removal of palm oil is also one of the biggest threats animals like the orangutans face. I hope you enjoyed learning about the possibly extinct Glaucus McCall with me, and feel motivated to help save other bird species. Feel free to follow at A to Z Animal Pod on Instagram and Twitter for updates about upcoming episodes. And if you've made it this far, please feel free to give me some feedback, be it over social media or email. All my contact information can be found on the A to Z Animal Podcast.com. What do you think I did well? What topic did you think I glossed over too fast? Do you want longer episodes, shorter episodes? Any feedback is so highly appreciated as I'm brand new to hosting a podcast and know there are probably a million things I could improve on. Also, do you guys think I should switch to doing every other week episodes? I feel like when the semester starts, the quality of the episodes may be better if I take an extra week to write and edit them. I don't know. It's just a thought. Thank you so much for listening to the A to Z Animal Podcast. I'm Michaela Baratka, and I hope you'll tune in next week as we move on to letter H for Harpy Eagle, another South American bird we may just have better luck at saving. Have a great day, and stay safe. <laughs>